Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I am Ariel Caston, and with me, as always, is Scuba Man Strickland. Blub blub, Ariel. <laughs> I, I don't. So, uh, I don't know where Scuba Man came from, but <laughs> okay. So it came from the fact. Okay, because we. We tried to record this podcast and then we had to stop because Jonathan's question was so stumping to me that we had to start again. Um, yeah, no, so. we, we originally I was going to have us just run it and I was going to even have our super producer Tari keep all of Ariel's struggles in. But after about seven minutes, you just wanted to, you know, have it end. So, yes, but he had said in the previous one that he wasn't underwater. So. Um, that's, that's the trail that my brain normally goes on people. I'm so sorry. You had to take that journey with me. I love that you made a reference to something that only you and I even knew existed. Now we're going to have you answer the question that you struggled over and I will reveal it to our lovely audience. So Ariel, here is your question. So. You're given the opportunity to go back in time to any point in history to witness something. However, you cannot interact with anything, kind of like Scrooge in Christmas Carol. So what is your choice? 
I would want to go to the 1965 Muhammad Ali Sonny Liston fight. Oh, wow. Wow. That is a very specific answer. I like it. It's a good, like it was a, it's a historic fight. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't really think of you as a, as a boxing fan. So like, I enjoy it. I, you know, I love Rocky and and Creed and and all those movies. Um, I used to want to be a boxer before I realized that I actually liked my face Um, (laughs) (laughs) and my ears. But no, I I, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy MMA. It is hard sometimes to watch people get injured, so it's it's like a love-hate relationship. But I do enjoy watching stuff. You know, I took I took boxing for a little bit as well. Didn't ever get good at it, but I enjoyed it. So, yeah, that would be it. What about you? Wow, I'm still reeling. I mean, I feel like I was been hit by a like a, a right cross or something. Uh, yeah, so Pam. So I I actually I actually went back and forth on this because originally I was gonna say I would love to go back to the. 16th century England to see a Shakespearean production during Shakespeare's actual time. But then I sat there and thought about it and thought, chances are with the accents, the way they would be, I probably wouldn't be able to understand very much. Uh, so instead mm-hmm. I would want to go to the 1893 world's exposition in Chicago. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah, because the so the Science and Industry Museum in Chicago is the only remaining. I believe it's Science and Industry. I could be wrong about this. There's one remaining building from that exposition that serves as a museum today in Chicago. The rest of it's all been taken down. I would have loved to have Mm -hmm. seen that in person because it sounds phenomenal. If you really want to learn a lot about the 1893 exposition, by the way, I highly recommend the book The Devil in the White City. It is a book that tells both the story of H.H. Holmes and the story of the World's Fair, and it alternates chapters. So, like, you'll get a World's Mm -hmm. Fair chapter followed by a Holmes chapter, etc. And uh, the World's Fair stuff, I thought, was absolutely fascinating. Oddly enough, I found the Holmes stuff a little too dry for my tastes. That is really interesting. Um, And I also was thinking about picking Shakespeare after thinking about it, and I said, no, surely Jonathan will pick that. So I almost did. You talked about H.H. Holmes, and my brain went to Sherlock Holmes, which leads us to our first news piece, (laughs) which is about Spider-Man. So you guys just get get to go on all these little uh, windy journeys with me tonight. But wait, Ariel, if if H.H. Holmes makes you think of Sherlock Holmes, why does Sherlock Holmes make you think of Spider-Man? Because Benedict Cumberbatch plays both Sherlock Holmes and... Dr. Stephen Strange and Dr. Stephen Strange is in the Spider-Man trailer. All right. Now we've got all the connective tissue there. Yeah. So we watched this teaser. It came out uh, the day before we record this. We're recording it on Tuesday, the 24th. And um, y'all, I I love this teaser. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, A lot of this stuff that got leaked, you know, was in the trailer. Stuff like Alfred Molina being in the new movie. But his reveal is so good. (laughs) It is so good. And there are some other little reveals before that that I don't want to describe because, like, it made me squee a little bit. Like, Um, and I don't want to ruin that that excitement for anybody else. Uh, We do get more of the plot. The thing that I find really interesting is that fans are are still in WandaVision brain in the MCU first because one, they're trying to find any little hidden thing. And there were lots of hidden things in the trailer, 
Um, but one of them is they're like, Matt Murdock is in this. Matt Murdock is in this, uh, a.k.a. Daredevil um, off of a couple of scenes, which so far he has been saying and everybody's saying that he's not. So um, if everything about Spider-Man has been leaked, but that that's quite impressive. And then uh, two is that in WandaVision, they had a little heart on August 23rd right. in the first episode. And that's when the trailer dropped. So everybody's assuming that that was another Disney Easter egg. Yeah, that that was intentionally uh, a a reference to a WandaVision moment. One of the things Mm. that I thought was really interesting is that this reminds me a little bit of a storyline that actually happened in the Spider-Man comics. But it's a different, a totally different storyline in that. So... The reason why Doctor Strange is in this movie is that if you remember at the end of the previous Spider-Man film, Spider-Man comes home and his identity is revealed on national television by J. Jonah Jameson. And you wonder, well, how the heck is he going to deal with this? Well, clearly he's dealing with the aftermath of that in the beginning of this movie. But he wants to ask Doctor Strange if there's some way that they could reverse things so that not everyone knows he's Spider-Man, and then we get into the whole multiverse stuff. And the thing this reminds me of is there was a Spider-Man storyline in which Spider-Man has to make a deal with uh, Mephisto, which uh, erases everyone's knowledge that he is that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. Totally different circumstances, but a similar kind of idea. And in a way, you could argue that this is almost like a multiverse flipping on its head of that particular storyline. Um, the little Easter eggs I spotted, I loved. I have not gone through like frame by frame or anything like that, but I really dug the trailer or teaser. I should say it's not really a full trailer. Yeah, I I, I did too. I, there was a little bit of comedy in it. It, it did seem a lot more serious than the other Spider-Man trailers, um, which I guess happens as Spider-Man grows up. So, uh, but I, I am very excited about it. I, I think it will be a good ushering into this new phase of the MCU. Yep. Um, Agreed. I also but, said that I hope that they go to a reality where Dr. Strange and Peter Parker are both British. So that way Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch can speak in their you, normal accent. You know, you put that on Twitter and I almost tweeted back, save some for the show. Jonathan. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fair. But but it is interesting, again, with the, the whole tie to WandaVision, because Wanda's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, that, you know, it, m- they thought Mephisto was going to be in WandaVision, and this is very <laughs> similar to another storyline. Yeah. Even though we know Kang the Conqueror is going to be a big bag, bad in this uh, in this phase. Well, maybe, maybe it'll be one of those things where Kang is like the big, big bad early on, and Mephisto ends up being like the Thanos-level big bad at the end of the phase. You never know. Um, yeah, possibly. But we'll see. Like, I, the, I, I honestly, at this point, I'm not sure that Marvel should ever pull the Mephisto card just because it'll consistently become that joke about maybe it's Mephisto. But uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about. So Shang-Chi is about to come out in theaters, and mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing that when it comes out to streaming because I won't be going to the theater, um, but I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to wait 45 days for that. But we also got a trailer for the next film in the Marvel series, The Eternals. Uh, it's the final trailer in that. What did you think of this trailer? Um, I liked it. They gave us a little bit more of a story. I've 
what's going to happen in this movie, kind of. It almost feels so grandiose that I, I can't care. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what? I can see that. Like the idea of being like, it's kind of like the opposite of Spider-Man, right? Because Spider-Man is such a, a street level hero that it's something that you could relate to. Like the idea of someone swooping in to rescue you if you were about to get mugged or something. But when you're talking about existential threats, it starts to get so big that it's hard to wrap your mind around it. Um, we do get answers about why the Eternals didn't, well, sort of answers about why the Eternals didn't intervene during the whole Thanos yeah. thing. Uh, that's not terribly satisfying answer because <laughs> it kind of just sort of punts it down the road a little bit. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I feel the same way. I'm hoping that when I see the movie, it really clicks with me. I'm, I'm hoping also that one of the reasons I don't feel a deep connection yet is that I don't know these characters. So yeah. maybe once I get to know the characters, I will care more. But right now I, I'm kind of in the same boat that you are in. I mean, so the characters do have more personality. There's, you know, we get to see a little bit about all of them. They recently talked about how Gemma Chan's going to be a, a nuanced female hero, which we almost talked about, but then there was too much exciting uh, news to discuss instead. So, like, I, I feel like I will have to go into it just assuming I know nothing about the story and enjoy it for its own piece of fantasy, I think, to to really get into this movie. It looks like it's going to be stunning. Yeah, it, it the the visuals look great. I I haven't connected to the characters yet, but hopefully the film will do that for me. Uh, mm -hmm. But one thing I am absolutely certain is going to work for me is Anthony Mackie signing on to be Captain America for the fourth Captain America film. I am super excited about that. Me too. Me too. I think he did a great job in Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though the overall miniseries was not my favorite of the Disney television shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but honestly, I'm kind of surprised that it's news at this point because that's how they left off the TV show. So well, for me, it was the news was more that they were actually going to make a fully fledged Captain America film, as opposed to just having him play a, a role like the Hulk, where he shows up in other movies, but he doesn't get his own film. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I am. I am happy about that. I hope that Bucky is his sidekick because I really like their chemistry together. Yeah, I do too. Oh, yeah, and Anthony Mackie is just like, he's such a, he's such a charismatic actor. Um, That's true. And, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him on the big screen as Captain America. Also, like, I can't wait to see a full Disney budget behind like all those effects and costumes and stuff. The Disney plus was actually surprisingly good for a streaming television series as far as effects goes but still obviously a tier below like Disney feature film quality yeah and and also hopefully by that time we'll be back in theaters and able to um watch it on the big screen and get all of those little details that they stick in there yeah I certainly hope so well we've got some more news items to cover because like we said there's a lot it's what happens when we take a week off um, but we'll <laughs> we'll come back and cover some more news items after this quick break this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of, 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com we're back from our break and here's a story that we could have kind of lumped in with the previous ones because it is disney marvel related but it would have made segment one go way too long and Mm -hmm. it's a a follow-up on uh, a couple of different stories that kind of don't reflect so well on on disney and marvel one of them being that Uh, Scarlett Johansson famously sued Disney for uh, the fact that the company chose to release Black Widow both in theaters and on streaming, but her compensation agreement was hinged upon the box office take, not the streaming take. And she had allegedly asked to negotiate to have streaming incorporated into that. And Mm -hmm. uh, Disney and Marvel reportedly didn't uh, return her calls essentially. And so she's taken it to court. And um, then the other one has to do with uh, Shang-Chi. Yes. So after that happened and they're still working through it. um, And at first, at first I was like, surely Disney could not have released this movie that she is a producer on without discussing it with her first. But uh, you know, they're everything with them is so tight lipped that I guess they did. Um, So now they're looking to adjust things and try to finally figure out how to fairly compensate their actors. Uh, and with Shang-Chi, they said, well, we're going to do exclusively movie theaters for 45 days and then bring it to Disney Plus, which will be a fun experiment. 
which upset the actors of, of Shang-Chi because they're like, we're not an experiment. Yeah, so. Yeah, no. yeah we're not an experiment. <laughs> we are a valued part of this overall enterprise of the MCU. Like this is like to them, this is I mean, to really to everyone. This is a big deal. It's a major motion picture. It has, mm-hmm. you know, it has a Asian cast taking the primary spot in a major superhero film. And this is a yes. big deal. And so using a word like experiment carries with it a lot of baggage that whether you intended it mm-hmm. or not is definitely not appropriate to describe the situation. And so, yeah, Disney and Marvel really mostly Disney has found itself kind of at the heart of this sort of, uh, storm of uh, scandal seems like it's too strong of a word, but brouhaha, mm-hmm. if you prefer. And, um, you know, originally I was kind of like, I'm staying out of the whole Scarlett Johansson Disney thing because it's hard for me to get, you know, emotionally invested in, millionaires being upset at, at trillionaires. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, hearing more of the story, assuming that Scarlett Johansson's version of, of events is, is the uh, accurate one. It's hard to not feel for her because she, you know, if your compensation is dependent upon the, the profits and mm-hmm. if there was a decision to switch out the distribution model and you were left out of that discussion so that you could not have your compensation reflect that. I mean, that's a big deal. If that happened to me, I certainly would be up in arms about it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it's one of those things that's so, I have the same issue where I'm like, it's so much money and she made so much money. And if they hadn't, I, Certainly the box office was affected by the fact that they released it on streaming as well as in theaters, but it also released at a time that a lot, not a lot of people were going to theaters. Uh, and I also, so I don't, it had a really good opening weekend. And after that, the, the ticket off. sales dropped off. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know how much is pandemic. I don't know how much of it is people being interested in a Black Widow movie. I think Scarlett Johansson did a fantastic job and I enjoyed it. But, you know, going in, it wasn't a superhero movie. I hate to say it. It wasn't a superhero movie that I was exceptionally excited about when I first heard about it. I was much more excited about Captain Marvel, yeah. for instance. Well, and also uh, on top of that, like Disney pulled this. So I... Ariel and I are both big Disney fans, but we both can also recognize when a company does stuff that's not cool. And this was not cool where Disney essentially played the, we just wanted people to be safe during the pandemic. So we wanted to give Mm -hmm. them the option to watch this at home. It's a shame that you want people to go to the theater and risk their lives so that you have a bigger paycheck, which is not what Scarlett Johansson was saying. And Mm -hmm. it ignores the fact that Disney still released it in the theaters. Like, if that were truly the case, then they wouldn't have released it in the theaters at all. They would have gone only to streaming at home. So yes. it was a disingenuous, insincere and sleazy thing to say. And like, it yeah. pains me to say that to you, Disney, but you done did her dirty. Yes, I, I agree. And it's very frustrating. And it is frustrating for to hear them say Shang-Chi is an experiment even if it is just on the financial release side of things. Like, I get that that is an important data point of where do we find that balance between in theaters and distribution and on streaming, because everybody's still figuring that out, right? But um, 
you know, I don't know if they would say the same thing if it were the next Captain America movie, if it were Multiverse of Madness, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But in the end, Disney's Disney's a company, and as much as I might like some of the stuff they put out, you got to remember that, and companies don't always make great decisions. Yeah, yeah, um, and that, like, and and this is this could be something where we just point at the new CEO of Disney and say, you 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 might need to take some emotional intelligence yes. courses. <laughs> I, I definitely think he needs to take some EI courses. That being said, I, everything I've heard about Shang-Chi so far has been fantastic. Every every advanced review I have seen has got me so excited. Like, I was already excited. Like, I didn't have any expectation for Shang-Chi. I, mm-hmm. I was not familiar with the property. I never read those comics. Uh, obviously the film adaptation is a very different take than the original 1970s uh, comic book, which honestly is what we needed because otherwise it would just be kind of a Bruce Lee sort of clone. Um, But everything I've seen makes me think like this is, this is one of those movies that could easily be in the, the very top part of like favorite Marvel films. Like, it yeah. might go right up there with things like Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, like films that I think are some of the best of the MCU. I I agree. I, I expect it to take a very high place in my in my uh, bracket of Marvel films. I do hope that releasing solely to theaters doesn't hurt their box office. Uh, I hope that they have great numbers for that. Even though I'm uh, hesitant to have a bunch of people in movie theaters at the moment, um, you know, I want them to succeed, and I want. Disney to see that there really is value in, in more diversity in their superheroes. Um, Agreed. And more martial arts. Cause I like martial arts. I like martial arts. Yeah. You know, someone who also really likes martial arts, Batman. <laughs> and one of Batman's many villains <laughs> is the penguin. Yeah. Cause I couldn't say penguin likes martial arts. Penguin likes, <laughs> penguin likes heists and stealing art and often and sardines. If, it's the, if it's in the 1970s, he likes to steal. He likes crimes that relate to birds. Um, it's true. But yeah, we wanted to talk about this story where there's an upcoming uh, big annual for Batman villains coming out. That's that's going to focus largely on the penguin, but also other Batman villains, because Batman out of all superheroes, I argue Batman has the best rogues gallery. The Batman's got the best villains bar none better than Superman better than any Marvel character. He also has some of the worst, but yes, yeah. I agree. He has some of the best, but you got Joker Riddler penguin. Mm-hmm. You've got like Zaz. Type you've man. got, yeah. Okay. All right. Calendar <laughs> man, you know? Yeah. Okay. Continent man. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> one of the stories in this annual because it's a, it's a collection of different stories, but one of them mm-hmm. is being written by Danny DeVito. Who played the Penguin in 1992's Batman Returns. Yeah, I... I never took Danny DeVito as a comic book writer, so but I really liked his portrayal of the character, so I'm really interested to see what stories come out of him having been in that mindset. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I've really like, I don't know of any of his written work. I mean, I know obviously of his, his acting and his directing. So I wasn't even, I wasn't even aware that he would have any interest in writing Mm -hmm. a comic, right? Like often when you talk to actors, 
if you see interviews, like really earnest interviews with actors and they're talking about stuff they've done, you can kind of get this disappointing feeling that, that, you know, for some of them, it's, it's the mentality of a gig's a gig, right? Like, yeah, they Mm -hmm. went in and they did their best and they did an amazing job, but it was a job. It wasn't anything more than that. It had no other further meaning. Then occasionally you run into other people like Tom Hiddleston and Tom Holland who take such incredible uh, value and ownership of the parts that they play that it's very clear. It means a lot to them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think of the penguin being like a, a, a soft spot for Danny DeVito, but apparently it's enough for him to actually contribute to this work. And I'm very curious to see it. I am as well. I, I think I'm going to read it. I, it might be one of my more favorite roles he's ever played, quite honestly. Yeah, it's definitely, I really like his version of the Penguin. It's so different from mm-hmm. the other versions that we had seen. I mean, he's, he's clearly an actual monster in that Tim Burton film. Yeah. He's not, he's not like the rotund, well-to-do, uh, Oswald Cobblepot, who's also a master thief and, and criminal he's it's beyond that. So yeah, really, uh, interesting. And it looks at least from the illustration that this incarnation of the penguin is going to at least bear some resemblance to the, the Batman, uh, returns, um, uh, yeah. uh version design. Yeah. D- design. Yeah. Speaking of designing, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of designing, you know who does a lot of designing? Uh, This is not my strong suit. Um, I'm going to say Kite Man. Uh, Well, probably yes. But uh, I was trying to smoothly segue into our next story, which I guess won't happen. Uh, The people who are involved in a Broadway show do a lot of designing from sets to costumes, to sound, to lighting. And soon we will be able to get all into the bowels of theater craft wow. at a museum of Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to climb into those bowels. Yeah, no, no, oh, Ariel. I'm you're, so sorry, everybody, for no, this episode. It, I'm the one who's being a jerk. You are being <laughs> fine. Yeah, there's a the Museum of Broadway, which... Will like not, that's that's a term, right? Oh no, the you're absolutely the yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're absolutely right. I am the one being a jerk. <laughs> okay, I mean no, like I was second guessing. Like, do people not say that? Uh, there are lots of things I say that the, it's the bowls of theater in the bowls. You in know. the bowls, yeah, like cereal. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, we're we're um, Cheerio. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> the Museum of Broadway, which is supposed to open summer of 2022. Not a whole lot to say about other than uh, if you read up on the description of what the exhibits are going to be, it actually sounds really cool to me. Like you were saying, Ariel, it's supposed mm-hmm. to give you kind of a behind the scenes look, literally in this case, at mm-hmm. how shows come together. Uh, the different components that make a show possible. Also, obviously, honoring the history of Broadway and some of the iconic shows. I can't wait to go through the Cats Wing. I'm sure there will have to be I one. I don't know if there is a Cats Wing, but there will be a lot of interactive exhibits and reality experiences. So the first, it's like a three-section the uh, museum. Three-section theater? Three-section museum. Theater museum. 
It makes sense. All right. The first section is kind of about how theater moved through New York. The second section is about the shows. And the third section is the behind the scenes look. So uh, maybe there will be a cat segment, but I hope not a whole wing. I'm just um, hoping for a jellical experience from beginning to end. If I don't enter wanna, the heavy side layer by the end of it, I'm going to ask for my money back. I I mean, you don't want people assuming that they're going to die at the end of a <laughs> Broadway experience. I want Rum Tum Tugger to be bumping and grinding all right up against me. I mean, these are like the expectations I have for a museum of Broadway. Okay. Well, hopefully the ticket price will not be too bad. So it'll be an affordable experience cats experience for you, Jonathan. <laughs> well, we will have to see, you know, well, we had one more story that we were going to include, but we're running long, but we will come back to that story. And that is about the star Wars galactic cruiser, AKA star Wars hotel. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a heck of a story to talk about. Cause there's a lot of different things. In fact, we could probably make that a whole segment by itself, especially once we get to the price. But um, we'll leave that for for maybe next week's episode. In the meantime, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we will talk about the things that inspired this week's mashup. But first, let's uh, let's take that break I talked about. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
I'm late. I'm late. Three very important dates. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Ariel, welcome back from the break. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm glad to be back from the break. Yeah, Ariel's been breaking all episode. Yeah, apparently every segment, my computer's like, gotta, this is such good content, I gotta restart. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like after segment one, it did it. And after segment two, it did it. All right, well, let's talk about the stories that we didn't cover in our earlier part of the episode, but that did inform our mashup decision this week. And one of those is that uh, HBO Max is going to have a spinoff film focusing on Black Canary, one of the characters from the Birds of Prey film. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. It is. Uh, I liked Journey Smollett in in the role, and she'll be reprising it. And she's working with Misha Green, who she also worked with on Lovecraft worked with on Lovecraft Country. Uh, But honestly, out of the Birds of Prey movie, if I were going to pick a character that I wanted a standalone show show from, it would have been Huntress. Yeah, Uh, well, me too, but that's because I have the biggest crush on Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but sure. She also was, she had a, she wrote a really good line of comedic and dramatic, and I enjoyed it. But, you know, I'm sure this will be really good. Again, I think Journey Smollett's a great actress. I think she did, did a great job with the role. And what is our second piece that has inspired our mashup this week? It's that we are getting a Field of Dreams television show for Peacock. Uh, Like the old movie, If You Build It, They Will Come. And it's being done by the team from Parks and Rec. So that'll be interesting on whether it's a drama or comedy. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that they would do it as like a a, a kind of a, a drama the way the original film was if you've never seen the movie it's about this guy who gets obsessed with the concept of uh, building a baseball park in his cornfield and then um you know he's told if you build it they will come that's where that famous phrase comes from so yeah i'm yeah. very curious whether or not uh the parks and rec crew will leave behind their their comedic chops and sink into drama or if it's going to be more of a wacky version of that i mean so specifically it's mike michael sure and so he also was involved in the good place the office rutherford falls so i'm guessing it will be cheeky even if it's a little more serious so with that in mind we decided we would mash up birds of prey with parks and rec Uh, So just in case you're not familiar with Parks and Rec, it was a a sitcom that was kind of a it it really for the first few episodes was heavily modeled on The Office, Mm -hmm. but followed the story of Leslie Nope, the head of the Parks and Rec department in the city of Pawnee, Indiana. And then ultimately they kind of made their own thing. Um, They got away from being so similar to the office, which was good because those first few episodes are a little hard to watch. Yeah. But, they were but the after best. that they get amazing. It's, it was one of the most consistently surreal, absurd and funny shows. That's where 
Chris Pratt really came to prominence. Like he really stood out and, you know, uh, I would say Aubrey Plaza as well. Yes. Yes. Aubrey Plaza is April. Fantastic. So yeah, great series. And, uh, yeah, it was when Ariel pitched this one, I was like, I don't know how I'll do it, but I know I want to do it. Um, (laughs) so we each have our mashups, Ariel, I'm going to ask you, who do you want to go first? Um, I would like you to go first and also give everybody just a tiny bit of a rundown of what birds of prey are. If they had not other than eagles and hawks and falcons, if they haven't watched (laughs) the movie or the old TV show. Right, right. So birds of prey is, uh, it's essentially, it's a different, it's several different groups of characters in the DC universe who, uh, have formed essentially a vigilante hero group. And so they're different incarnations. Uh, it's not always the exact same characters, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, too. I mean, we're familiar with one lineup of Guardians of the Galaxy from the films, but in the comics, there have been several different characters and several lineups of that group. Well, in the film Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn, uh, the Birds of Prey consisted of Black Canary, who has a metahuman ability to uh, to project her voice and use it as like a sonic weapon. Uh, Huntress, who's mad, crazy good at shooting things with crossbows. Uh, mm-hmm. And eventually a former detective named Montoya, who joins the group. And then Harley Quinn is also there. <laughs> In fact, Harley yes. Quinn shouldn't be there at all, but they wanted her to have a movie. It really ends up being more of a Harley Quinn movie than a Birds of Prey movie, which yes. was something that I got upset about. But um, the film is still entertaining if you can just get past the fact that I'm a grouchy old man and I got grouchy because I wanted it to be a Birds of Prey movie and not a Harley Quinn movie. Well, uh, well, at least you get an HBO TV show now. So why don't well, and, you grump? And Margot Robbie was amazing. So She was. Why don't you grumpy old man into your mashup? Okay, my mashup is called Birds of Pawnee. Leslie Nope has a problem. Pawnee's Harvest Festival is coming up, and while the band Mouse Rat has been threatening to reunite for the seventh time, there's still an enormous gap left by the absence of Lil Sebastian, even ten years after the horsey's demise. So, she forms a party planning committee, even calling in her old friend Ann Perkins to join in. Tom says he's got it all covered, and then he called up a party planning company to stock the festival full of superheroes because they're totally the hot thing for as long as Disney says so, he says. Leslie, impressed with Tom's proactive approach, but a little worried about what heroes are going to show up, tries to come up with a backup plan. But the next day, April comes in and says that there's a group of weirdos that have come in to see her. So Leslie goes to the conference room to discover the Huntress, Black Canary, Detective Montoya, and for some reason, Harley Quinn waiting there. Can I help you? She says. We're here to help you, says Montoya. Oh, you're from the party company. You're our heroes, says Leslie. I understand all those words and I'm still confused, says Harley. (laughs) What exactly is going on, says the Black Canary. Ah, well, so we've got the Harvest Festival at the end of the week, and that's why we're going to need all of you, says Leslie. Where's the guy who called us, asks Huntress. So Leslie gives an anxious grin to the camera and then leans out of the room and yells for Tom, who shows up and immediately makes goo-goo eyes at Huntress, because she's dreamy, as I have previously (laughs) established. 
You called and said there was an emergency, says Huntress to Tom. It's totally an emergency. I need the entertainment at this festival to be on point. I've got potential investors in that crowd, says Tom. Hang on, says Harley. So you called a vigilante justice group out to the middle of nowhere to act as entertainment at a festival? Middle of nowhere is a bit harsh, says Leslie. Pawnee has a rich and problematic history filled with amazing stories, which some are admittedly not fit for history classes unless you first sign a waiver. Can it, says Montoya, who then looks at the others. I told you this was a mistake. So you called in vigilantes. I thought you said it was a company that provided characters for parties, says Leslie to Tom. Look, I did a perfunctory Google search and called the top number because that's always the best number, says Tom. (laughs) Google ads screwed us again, says Huntress. I don't know. I think we could use the vacation, says Harley. I'm with Quinn, says Black Canary. It beats chasing down hoodlums and blowing up third-rate Batman villains. Montoya shoots him a dirty look and says to Nope, Can we have the room? Sure, sure, says Leslie, and she grabs Tom, and they both leave the room. She turns to him and says, What were you thinking? Now we've got vigilantes in City Hall, for goodness sake. What would Pawnee's founder, Reverend Luther Howell, say? Well, he'd probably tell me to leave Pawnee and then confuse me for a Native American, says Tom. Yes, that's probably true, says Leslie. Just then, the conference room door opens. Okay, we'll do it, says Harley. Great, says Leslie. We cut to the Harvest Festival. Jerry is sampling blueberry pie and it dribbles down his shirt while he clumsily tries to clean up and makes little ooh-ooh-ooh noises. April and Andy are daring Huntress to do lots of trick shots by firing small crossbow bolts and stuff like the sign above the stage, a balloon that's held by Tom, who then lets out a high-pitched scream, and a candy apple held on a stick by Jerry, who somehow manages to then spill more blueberry pie on himself in the process. Ben is sitting with Leslie, looking absolutely terrified as Harley does some wicked roller skating tricks on a half pipe next to the stage. Ron Swanson is chatting with former Detective Montoya about the most efficient way to disassemble and clean firearms. And Donna and Black Canary are warming up for their killer duet of the classic song 5,000 Candles in the Wind, a tribute to Lil Sebastian. (laughs) But... As they are warming up, several men rush the stage. Black Canary knocks two of them down, and Huntress is about to shoot a third when April shouts, Wait! And that's when they realize that, yes, indeed, it is Mouse Rat, and they have come to provide the backing for this duet. So, you know, crisis averted, though Andy now has a black eye and the drummer can't walk anymore. The festival (laughs) otherwise goes off without, you know, many more hitches, and the next day, Leslie is in her office chatting with the camera. Well, I have to admit it, It wasn't the disaster I thought it would be. Those ladies really know how to put on a show. We've received 13 letters so far saying it was the best festival yet, and only two saying it was the worst thing to ever happen in the history of the planet. And both of those were from Jeremy Jam, so they don't even count. It was a pretty amazing day, one I'll always be thankful for, though it does turn out that Gotham City was overrun with hoodlums last night and two-thirds of it burned to the ground, so, you know, sucks to be them. (laughs) The end. Oh, I liked that. That was delightful. <laughs> that was so delightful. Yeah. So I was like, what would a Parks and Rec episode be if if the birds of prey invaded? Uh, well, I did the exact opposite. So what would an episode of, I guess, Batman be or <laughs> birds of prey be if uh, it were inhabited by the characters from Parks and Rec? 
So this is called Gotham City Parks and Rec, Birds of a Park Flock Together. This story isn't about the Leslie Nope you know. This story is about a different Leslie Nope, a darker Leslie Nope, a Nope that was never born in her beloved Pawnee, but was rather birthed into the underbelly of Gotham. Leslie, a.k.a. the Nopingale, had a passion for parks and recreation, but had an even larger passion for bad boys. After lurid and failed romances with the Brandano Riddler and the Traegermeister and Kite Man, she swore off relationships and focused all of her manic attention on restoring Gotham City Park, which up to that point had been a haven for bums, possums, and vegetarians. Yuck. She wanted to turn it into a place where babies, puppies, and tiny horses could frolic safely. And the people of Gotham were glad for it. The project wasn't without its hurdles, however, but she was determined to succeed. And that's when Ben Wyatt entered the picture. A mild-mannered accounting nerd, he said he would help her make the park the most glorious thing the people of Gotham had ever seen, no matter the cost. She fell instantly in love with his determination, and they started taking down every obstacle in their way. The obstacle like Gotham City Bank for funding, the obstacle like the Gotham City Zoo for their own petting attractions— Then, one day, Ben told her to show up at Gotham City Park at sunset, so she did. When Leslie got there, she found the entire park, babies, puppies, possums, and all, frozen into a giant skating rink. He maniacally said, Today the park, tomorrow the city, soon the world! And that's when Leslie realized that Ben Wyatt was not an accounting nerd, but rather none other than the ice clown himself. She broke up with him after only a brief monologue about her bad choices in men and vowed to stop him and thaw the park. This angered the ice clown, but before he could grab and punish Leslie, she skated away, which angered the ice clown even more. So he called upon all of her past flames, as well as a few other of his nefarious friends, Johnny Karate, Freddy Spaghetti, Two-Face Haverford, and John Ralphio, the King of Cool Cats, to hunt her down. Leslie thought, fine, two can play at this game. So she fashioned an arsenal from playground equipment, swing shots, chain seesaws, and a portable slide cannon, and recruited her own squad to fight back. All women who flew just under the radar of what was acceptable, twisting law and Gotham City planning code to their whims. All women who could be blackmailed into assisting. But what to call this team of her closest gal pals, Leslie thought. My, her her chicks. Chicks, that's it, she thought. And she assigned them all bird code names. Donna Mockingbird, April Ludgate, a.k.a. Janet Snake Eagle, and Anne Storkins. In the process of chasing and fighting each other, they thawed the ice accidentally set the zoo animals loose, exploded a waste management plant, collapsed a Ferris wheel, and leveled several buildings until all that was left of Gotham City Park was a pit. A big, giant pit. And that's when Commissioner Swanson showed up, yelling, Stop it! And he arrested them all. He hadn't wanted a new park. He didn't like the old one. But he was going to be damned if these 'er ne'er-do-wells were going to ruin the rest of his city. He locked the lot of them up in Gotham Penitentiary, all except Leslie, who he put on work detail to fill the pit. He saw too much good in her to let her rot in prison. The end. I love it. Love it. Thank you. Well, that is our mashup of Parks and Rec and Birds (laughs) of Prey. Clearly two masterpieces, both of which will soon come to Peacock. Mm -hmm. Except they probably won't. No. But they could. Birds of Prey will be HBO Max. Because DC... DC is part of the Warner family. <laughs> so that's true. It would be a little bit of a trick to go from HBO Max to Peacock, but maybe we can make it happen. Um, maybe. But yeah, we're curious to hear what your thoughts are on our mashups or your own mashups if you have some. Plus, if you have any concept of like, 
mashups we should do in the future. You know, just unrelated stuff. The more unrelated, typically the better. If it's two mm-hmm. things that are kind of similar, it, it's it's hard to make anything creative out of that. You can't really do a lot of free association kind of with that stuff. But um, yeah. if you've got any suggestions like that, shoot us an email. The email address we have is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yeah, you can also reach out to us on social media and say hi. At Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast. And at Facebook and Instagram, we're Large and Drunk Collider. We'd really love to hear from you and talk with you. And if you like our show, make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, the more people we get to geek out with, the more fun everybody has. Right. And until next time, I am Jonathan I will be saving money forever so I can go on the Star Wars Galactic Cruise, Strickland. And I am Ariel. This is my Harley Quinn voice, Kasten. Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.